My Govanen, welcome to the Tolkien Lore Channel, I'm the Tolkien Geek, and it's been a while since I did a game review on this channel, mainly because the newer games that I've gotten since the last time I did one, I still haven't had time to play. Uh, but recently, my uh, brother got me a game from the Exit the Game series, which was not the one I'm reviewing today, but we played it with, uh, that'd be me, my wife, and my sister-in-law, and we liked it a lot, and then my sister-in-law went out and bought a bunch of other ones, and one of them included this one, which is the Lord of the Rings version, which uh, is subtitled Shadows Over Middle-Earth, and it just recently came out, as it happens. And if you're not aware of these games, they're basically like escape room in a box type games. You're solving different kinds of riddles, puzzles, and things so that you can ultimately generally the idea is to escape something. Here it's not so much to escape. I'll get to the theme of the game in a minute. Uh, this one isn't really about escaping so much, but the general idea is still the same. You're solving puzzles and all this stuff. So I wanted to review the game, give everybody kind of an idea of what it's like, so if you might be interested in it, you can go pick it up. Uh, before I get to the main meat of it, don't forget I do have a Discord server now that you can join. A link will be in the description. I am also now on a new video platform called Utreon, which seems to be competing not only with YouTube, but with Patreon as well, because they're, one of their main selling points is that they take very little of whatever subscription fee you put in. So if anybody wants to support me and you don't like Patreon or you just want to help me out by, you know, supporting me in a platform that doesn't take as much of a percentage, then switching your support over to Utreon will get you to the exact same benefits as what I've got on Patreon. I will say the lowest level of membership over there is not as cheap as it is on Patreon, and there's nothing I can do about that. It's literally as low as I can get it to go. So <laughs> if you don't want to support me at the lowest level, on Utreon because of that. I don't care, obviously, but I did what I could. I got it as low as I could. So anyway, that's a way to support me and give me more support than I would be getting over at Patreon because Patreon takes a higher percentage than what Utreon does. So anyway, just throwing that out there for anybody who's interested. That said, let's take a look at this game. So Shadows Over Middle-Earth, as I mentioned, is not exactly about an escape. The theory behind the game is that you are another hobbit, or if it's a group of players, a group of hobbits from the Shire, besides Frodo, Sam, Merry, and Pippin. And Gandalf has tasked you with trying to help them along their way to Mount Doom. And it's interesting in a lot of ways because basically he gives you some riddles and clues to figure out what you need to do next which seems kind of bizarre because if you want you to help Frodo why is he making it hard on you uh, but anyway you have to solve a bunch of different puzzles and do a bunch of different things to progress through the game and ultimately you're kind of taking a similar path as the fellowship it, it gets a little bit weird in a couple of spots because after Lothlorien you do end up going to both uh, the area where the beacons of Gondor are to make sure that they're lit and then there's also a Kirithungal 
spot where you have to help him escape Shelob. So you kind of cover both sides of the story in some ways, which, you know, I'm not sure there would really be enough time for that. But hey, it's it's a game. We don't worry about it too much. The general point of the game, of course, as I mentioned, is solving riddles and puzzles and things like this in order to progress in the game. Now, usually with exit the game type stuff, what you have is you start with just an initial rule book and it tells you there's all these different parts and you don't look at them yet. And then once you read the instructions, then you get a certain set of things. And as you progress, you get more and more items. And as you get these items, you know, you will be able to solve more and more riddles. This one was a little bit different than the first one we did. The first one we played was the Abandoned Cabin game, which was a really fun one. And actually, we did better in the Abandoned Cabin than we did on this one, uh, which is interesting because it was actually rated as a higher difficulty. But it was the the riddle book you get with the Abandoned Cabin, you get pretty much access to the whole thing, whereas here... The second book you get, you actually have to progress page by page as it tells you to turn it, and it's taking you through different parts of Middle-earth. There's a page for Rivendell, there's a page for Bree, there's a page for the Shire. So you're progressing through the book stage by stage as well as getting riddles to solve. So it's pretty interesting the way they do some of them, and I will say that Knowledge of the lore of Middle-earth is not necessary for this game. It helps in a couple of spots if you're a super nerd, because in some of the puzzles, it's going to ask you to look for things or to know things that, you know, you could figure out even if you don't know any of the lore, because the way the game progresses, it, it kind of makes it obvious in some ways, but you might have to think about it a little more if you're not familiar with the story or with some of the things in the story. So, knowledge of the lore of Lord of the Rings is completely unnecessary. You can solve this without reference to any of that. It does make it a little bit easier in a couple puzzles, but not substantially. So, another thing about this game that I found interesting was speaking of the lore, is in some cases it kind of breaks the lore a smidge. And it, an interesting example of that was when you meet Strider and Bree, you, you actually meet him before the other hobbits as a way of trying to give him a heads up that Frodo and company are going to be showing up later. And then he gives you the shards of Narsil to take to Rivendell to get reforged. <laughs> so it's kind of a weird... Uh, twist on the way it's supposed to go down, but the reforging of the shards of Narsil is actually the next puzzle you have to solve, and so it's kind of a it, it's an interesting twist on the lore, but it it kind of works for the game. I mean, it's just kind of a you'd have to ignore a few things like that, and then there's another one where Gandalf leaves you a clue after you leave Moria and you're wondering, how did he do this? And then he references the mirror of Galadriel and he says, it lets you see some things in the future, which is how I've left you this clue. And it's like, okay, so Kandalf looked in the mirror of Galadriel, saw the future, and then was like, oh, I need to write this clue down in advance. Kind of like, I think the movie was called Paycheck with Ben Affleck, where it's like he sees a bunch of the future and then sets himself up to reach the end of the movie, basically. But I won't spoil that movie for you either. But anyway, it was it was just really interesting some of the 
slightly weird things they did there. But the puzzles are varied. They're very different from each other. They're all, you know, very different. You even actually encounter Gollum and have to solve some of his riddles. Some of the riddles are tougher than others. Some of them are more interesting than others. I'm not going to go into detail on any of them because obviously if I give too much information up front, it's kind of going to ruin the experience for you. In fact, one of the things that they tell you in this game and in all Exit the Game varieties is this is a one-time play and you will be manipulating slash destroying some of the, the game elements and so don't expect to play it again. You have to cut things, you have to bend things, you have to you know ruin pieces so you can't ever play the game again. Now that said, it's not a very expensive game. I think this one being a newer one is like 20 bucks. The older ones are sometimes cheaper than that and there's I think bigger ones that may be more expensive. I haven't looked at all of them, but it's not a very expensive game, but it's a good, you know, solid hour to a 2-hour type game depending on your skill level, your proclivity for solving clues and all that kind of stuff. And that said, there's actually a thing in the back of the initial rule book where it says, you know, here's how you can kind of measure your your success with the game if you took this amount of time or this amount of time or this amount of time and you use this many clue cards, then this is the number of stars you can score. And it's anywhere from, I think, 2 to 10 stars. In our playthrough, we actually scored 5 stars, which is largely because we really got stuck on one particular one particular puzzle and it took us forever to figure it out and we only figured it out with the help of the clues. And the way the clues work is kind of interesting. It gives you three different clue cards per puzzle and the first one is just kind of a vague hint. Usually that one doesn't help you a whole lot by itself. It kind of points you in the right direction but doesn't tell you much. The second clue gives you a lot more to work with and then the third one's like okay if you still can't figure it out here's exactly how you're supposed to do this okay um, we never had to do the final clue in the uh, abandoned cabin version of the game this one in one of the puzzles we actually had to use all three clue cards and you have to really think outside the box for some of these and keep that in mind you really have to think outside the box um, some of them are not nearly as hard as others though but it was kind of frustrating to me personally being a Tolkien geek playing this particular game and doing so poorly. I mean, it had nothing to do with the fact that I was a Tolkien geek because, as I said, the lore knowledge doesn't really help you all that much. But some of the puzzles in this one just struck me as slightly oblique. Like, I mean, they're just really awkward in terms of the way they're written and the, what you have to be aware of and... And the way you figure it out was just pretty strange. So I think some of the puzzles in this one could have been done slightly better. Uh, another puzzle that we ended up having to use clues on, it made sense after we did it, but we were totally thinking down the wrong track. So you have to keep your mind really open for some of these. One other interesting thing about this series of games, and that includes this one, is that Cosmos, the developer, has a helper app, which gives you, depending on the game, different types of things, but for the exit games, primarily the things you're going to be getting are a tutorial, which kind of walks you through how to play this kind of game, 
which if you've done an escape room style thing before, you're you're going to get it pretty much. Um, so the tutorial probably isn't that necessary if you're familiar with that kind of thing. But the other thing it gives you is a built-in timer, and the built-in timer has a kind of a mood soundtrack. So you'll have some background music to go with your, your play. And the timer actually also, at the end, whenever you hit the button saying that you finished, will give you a thing saying how many clue cards did you use. So it'll kind of tell you how many things you got without having to reference the sheet and go, okay, how much time did I use? How many clues did I use? How many stars does that? And then on the very back page, by the way, it'll actually have a space to put, you know, the names of the players, the time you took, uh, which puzzle you thought was the hardest, which puzzle you thought was the coolest, and that kind of stuff, and you can use that to share on social media. I'm not going to be sharing that page on social media because I'm not going to share names of people, uh, but I did share from the app, because it allows you to share as well, my results on Twitter just after I finished the game, and if you follow me on Twitter, you might have already seen that. So that gives you some idea of the kind of thing that you get whenever you finish the game. This one was also kind of interesting and different from the Abandoned Cabin one because at the very end, it gives you kind of a special prize for finishing, which obviously the prize is in the box. So even if you've never played the game, you would get it, but you wouldn't know to look for it if you didn't actually play through the game. So I'm not going to tell you what that is. I'm going to let you be surprised. It's nothing huge, obviously. I mean, it's a $20 game. It's not going to be a gigantic thing that's really worth anything but it's still kind of cool so and and getting it for finishing the game just kind of gives it a nice completionist twist kind of thing so it's really fun to play just in general I mean my family loves these kinds of puzzle based games we love escape rooms that kind of stuff and I love Lord of the Rings so this one of course is not it's not the kind of game you play for the lore because it's obviously completely aside from the lore, but it's it's interesting playing it because it does kind of follow the the track of the journey and it does kind of have you involved in the story in some interesting ways that's kind of a... What if Gandalf actually had somebody else trying to help out Frodo and Sam on the side? Would it really look like this? Probably not, but... You know, that aside, it's kind of interesting. So, it's a fun game. It's uh, This one is rated 2 out of 5. I don't know if you can see that very well, but it's down here. 2 out of 5, which they call Novice. As I mentioned, the Abandoned Cabin one was actually slightly higher. I think it was 2.5. And, and we found that one easier because there was just two puzzles in this one that had us thinking down the wrong rabbit trail. Which happens with some of these, but... Uh, this one says it's for one to four players, ten and, ages 10 and up, and it says playtime one to two hours. And that's actually, if you finish under an hour, that's the best time scale that you can finish in in terms of scoring at the end of the game. More than two hours is the highest time scale. We took about an hour and 13 minutes or something like that. So, And to be fair, we also had kids running around in the house interrupting us from time to time. I don't think that cost us that much time. It was mostly the two, the two puzzles that were tricky. Um, so I'm not trying to throw my kids under the bus for ruining the game experience. And it's not like we didn't know that was going to be an issue going in. You got three kids and you don't have a babysitter. That's going to happen. So 
but anyway, the game is fun, and it's it's definitely kind of an interesting twist on the story. Uh, so if you're into these kind of games, and you just don't mind there being kind of this sideline that takes the story and does some kind of strange things with it, then it's definitely fun to play with. And I mean, some of the pieces even after you play the game, it tells you you can basically throw everything away. You can throw everything away. Some of the pieces, depending on the kind of things you do or have in your own house that are Lord of the Rings related, you might even want to keep. Or some of them are just kind of neat anyway to keep around. So up to you, obviously. But that's pretty much the game. Like I said, I can't go into a whole lot of detail about the actual step-by-step play because I would be spoiling too much and ruining the experience. But that's pretty much the game and why I wanted to share it with you. So if if you like puzzle-type games and you like Lord of the Rings, give this one a try. It's not expensive. It's a good way to spend an afternoon, you know, or at least part of an afternoon. So if you've got some friends that are into puzzles and, you know, want to try to help Frodo and Sam reach Mount Doom and try to beat my score, you know, I've got five stars. We took more than two hours and used five cards. So that was how we ended up with five stars on the thing. So if you can beat five stars, you know, maybe put that in the comments. Tell me how you did. So that said, if you did enjoy this, please do give it a thumbs up, share it around, especially with other people who might be interested in this type of game. You can also catch me on Rumble, Odyssey, and as I mentioned earlier, Utreon now. That's U-T-R-E-O-N.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at JRRTLore, which is where I posted my results shared from the Cosmos Helper app. Don't forget to check out my Discord, and of course you can support me over at Patreon, or now Utreon. Until the next time, I'm the Tolkien Geek, signing out for the Tolkien Lore Channel. Namariye. Thanks to all my Patreon patrons, especially Ringbearer's Ego Voice and One Patron to Rule Them All, and Elf Friends P.A. Brew News, Deanna Kaufman, Tracy Meehan, and Nathan Dufour.